Welcome to Fast Growth Stories, the straight-talking guide for entrepreneurs who want to grow quickly and secure funding. Brought to you by EHE, where entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fast Growth Stories with EHE Capital. I'm absolutely delighted today because we're going to talk about my favourite subject, which is marketing. I'm joined by one of my friends and colleagues, Amy Lawson. Hi Amy, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you very much for coming on. We're going to try and keep this to our normal length, around 20, 30 minutes, but we've already sort of had a chat and got on our soapboxes, haven't we, around the role (laughs) of marketing in fast growth companies. So it might stretch over a little bit because you've got two very passionate marketeers here. Before we start talking about marketing, Amy, I wondered if you could just give us a bit of background and introduction to yourself, please. Sure. So yes, I've been in marketing probably longer than I care to actually admit. Over 15 years and the first eight years of that, I worked in large corporates. I was really lucky with Santander, Co-op, Allianz, insurance and got some great training. And then in the second half of those 15 years, I found a love for startups and scale-up businesses. And that's where I've been focused ever since. Brilliant. Thank you. We've had quite a similar journey, really, haven't we, in terms of businesses that we've worked for and then sort of more recently both fallen in love with kind of startups and entrepreneurs and supporting them with their their growth. So whilst we only met quite recently, I think we have very shared kind of vision and and values and we're both very passionate about helping businesses grow through kind of marketing and commercial support, which is brilliant. So I know, Amy, you have worked with a couple of big sort of fast growing businesses in Manchester and the Northwest. Could you just tell us a little bit about some of that, that time and the support that you've brought to those businesses? Yeah, so when I first moved into consultancy, one of my first clients was Mojo Mortgages, who are a fintech mortgage broker and had a vision around digitalizing the mortgage journey to make it significantly less painful than unfortunately the mortgage journey is for most people. So he had a vision around making sure that when you move house or you buy a house or you remortgage, whatever your scenario might be, that it, it's not the most one of the most painful things that you've ever done. So a really interesting business that we're disrupting, you know, a very traditional sector. And I was on a consultancy contract with them and I actually fell in love with that business and ended up taking a role with them and being with them for four years. So we went on a journey from seed through to series A investment and now Mojo has been acquired by RVU. So a really, really interesting journey. We pivoted in that time. We rebranded in that time. We grew up a lot in that time. Mm-hmm. We made lots of lots of mistakes and we we learned loads and we delivered some some really good stuff and a really great products at the end that and a really great foundation for a business to scale from. So it was a fantastic journey and I loved every minute of it. Brill, thank you. And now you're uh, applying all those uh-huh. battle scars and everything to to other businesses that are, are yes. looking to do the same. So in your opinion, Amy, what is the role of marketing for a business that's at the moment looking to secure funding and grow quickly? I think when you're looking to secure funding and you're in a smaller business, a startup business, the role of marketing is vast and it's broad and it's not necessarily the traditional things that business owners or people outside of marketing think about when you think about campaigns and creative. It's a much more commercial role and it starts with no matter what stage your business is at, having that in-depth understanding of of your customers and a lot of that is often driven by a marketing function and it sounds like a really obvious statement you know understand your customers but 
I've seen it many times with many businesses where you're going through the funding process and you think you have an understanding of your audience, but actually when you start to get questioned on it, it's clear that it's more of a more of a surface understanding. And I think no matter what stage you are, this is critical because it informs everything that you do moving forward. So who are they? What is their problem? How does your product or service solve it? And can it be commercialized? You know, what are they prepared to pay? And being clear on that's kind of the linchpin to everything that comes next. How you tell your story, you know, knowing your audience informs everything you make, everything you say, everything you do. So how you position your brand, your messaging, how you take your brand to market and how you reach your audience, but then how your product evolves and your roadmap, your features, everything that that sort of comes in terms of what your audience needs your product to be. And that obviously shapes your investment story. So I think marketing plays a really key role in those earlier stages, but actually in any funding process in terms of articulating that story and having that absolute clarity on your customers' needs and wants. I think another important point, and I touched on this about marketing being a commercial function, is proof points. And I think this is important no matter what stage you're at as well. So you have your narrative, you know what you're all about, but where's your proof point? So even at the early stage, that might just be initial research and, and proof of concepts. And at later stages, it might be much more tangible conversion metrics and measures. But marketing play a core role in ensuring that we've got those proof points and we're driving that return on investment. And then obviously competitors. So what does the rest of the landscape look like? Is anyone doing what you're doing? Are you or will you be doing it better? And very often there are other people doing what you're doing and that's fine. You've got the second mover advantage. You can pick on the big guy, you, can, you know, you can, you can learn from some of that, but equally understanding what your USPs are or what you're doing differently is a core part of your positioning, your messaging and your campaign strategy. So I think there's, you know, there's, there, there's many different areas that marketing is involved in, in that early stage, but then actually moving forward into the the execution and the measurement and actually the growth strategy that comes in scale-up businesses. Brilliant. Thank you. And it kind of segues nicely into the next question I, w- I was going to ask. So businesses that are looking to grow fast, if you've secured funding or they're just bootstrapping and, and growing fast, there is a, a growth plan that's there. Marketing is absolutely core to that, isn't it? Mm. What's your experience of some founders that have secured funding and then perhaps don't have the right metrics in place or have got to kind of implement something quickly? What role does marketing play in the kind of fast growth process for you? Sure. So I think, again, I've seen this a few times, there can be a growth plan and you can be in that scale up phase, but there's not always numbers on a spreadsheet is very different to actually executing a growth plan and delivering business growth. And I think marketing comes in to to make that a reality and have that test and learn and refine approach to make sure that we we don't deviate from those plans and we're very clear on what the commercial goals are and we have strategies and tactics in place to hit those commercial goals and that we're measuring them. So I touched on this in the last question and I'll, I'll probably say this many times throughout this piece, but measuring them because if we don't measure them, we can't learn and we can't evolve and we can't develop the plan. So I think there's, there's having a growth plan, but then there's actually executing strategies and refining them because not everything will work straight away and growth plans will evolve and develop as well. But marketing should be at the center of, of everything that's, that's happening in the business. So 
the routes to market and the campaign strategy are what people traditionally think about marketing and, and messaging is also something that people traditionally think about. But the involvement within the product development, because of that core customer understanding and knowing how your campaigns are landing and being at the center of that customer feedback is critical. Being involved in the operation and staying really close to the customer and owning the end-to-end customer journey is such a core role because marketing should be owning through to to an ROI and looking to constantly optimize that customer journey and deliver the best customer experience. Obviously wanting to build advocates and create communities and, and that ultimate utopia of you know, user-generated content and referrals and, and you know, where every business wants to get to that can be a real core part of a growth plan depending on the nature of the business and the product. And I think the other piece is actually ensuring that in a scale-up, that the structures that you're scaling from, whether that be your data structures or your CRM platforms or the website that you're building from, are fit for purpose to scale from. Again, that's something that I've seen many times where that gets probably not the attention that it deserves in the early stages. And as a result, there's, you know, some big projects that need to take place slightly further down the line to to make sure that those foundations that the business is being built on are solid. Brilliant. Thank you. And I think one of the things you've talked about, and I completely agree with, and I know we've talked about it previously, is marketing isn't a service department. In our view, is it? It's a strategic function that's absolutely core to the business. And, and I think I just wanted to sort of highlight and get, get your views on the role that marketing plays on that growth plan. I've seen it in businesses before where as a marketing director, CMO, you're handed a growth plan and, and told to execute that. And for me, you know, sometimes that can be really unrealistic, but equally, depending on what's in that growth plan, the one thing we've not talked about actually is around the marketing budget. The marketing budget's got to support that. So if you've got this huge ambitious growth plan, where's that coming from? Is it taking market share from existing competitors or is it carving out new new markets and and diversification and, and the budgets have got to be there to to support that? What's your experience in kind of inputting into that kind of business growth strategy and, and the role that marketing and a, and a CMO would play in that? Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. This is something that we, we've talked about a lot. So I think marketing budgets can immediately get associated with cost, cost to mm. a business. But for me, the role of marketing is a really commercial function. So it's about, okay, what's the strategy and like you say how are we achieving this growth are we are we taking share are we reaching new audiences are we are we going into new geographies you know however that might look and and devising that like I touched on numbers on a spreadsheet don't necessarily determine how it happens but also looking at marketing is yes there's a budget but the measurement that comes to make sure that marketing actually makes money for the business and delivers a return on investment so Something that we have done with many clients, but something that was really instilled in my early days at Mojo was about measuring that customer acquisition cost with your resourcing and not just looking at your media spend and looking at what was the true cost of acquiring that customer and starting to initially driving towards positive unit economics and then you moving towards actually delivering growth, but, you know, profitable growth and not just looking at that budget as a spend, but actually delivering a commercial return. And I think marketing plays a really important role in in that education piece for people across the business, but also in terms of the visibility and the reporting and the understanding of how implementing the strategy and the tactics that come with it deliver that return for the business and not just not a spend as such. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Thank you. And I think the other thing, isn't it, is that once you know the true value of acquiring that customer, you're therefore, I suppose, from a business point of view, you're absolutely focused on retaining that customer. And usually on a, a, you know, particularly on a B2C, but also on a B2B level, referrals then become really important because traditionally referral, customer referrals are less customer acquisition than, you know, trying to attract them through traditional channels. So you can start to see how marketing then becomes the golden thread effectively that will run through the rest of the business talking about retention, referral, et cetera. Yeah, so really, really 100%. important. Yeah, thank you. I think as well, depending on the nature of the business, marketing plays such an important role in terms of that growth, story, evidence, proof points. So if you are, let's just say you're a B2B SaaS business and having that acute understanding of the commercial goals you need to achieve. So it might be that recurring revenue is absolutely critical in terms of proof points for your next raise and also obviously all the metrics within the business. So it's being very clear on, okay, so CRM and loyalty and community building, like you just touched on, are number one and how we focus on that and how we drive that, which comes back to not just considering the campaigns that you execute, but the platforms that you're building on, the visibility and the measurements. And obviously it can be different in in any business, depending on the the market and the nature of it. But it's that having that absolute clarity on, on commercially what you need to achieve. Brilliant. Thank you. There were two sort of final points I wanted to to talk about today that I think are, are really important. And one of the ones you sort of touched on earlier about that, that role of the voice of the customer. And I think voice of the customer and customer experience has become a bit of a trend for a lot of businesses and people in recent years. But actually for marketers that have been around for a while, like, <laughs> like you and I have, it's a new name for essentially marketing, isn't it? If you're not representing the customer, not really doing a, a marketing job. But what is your experience now of kind of bringing that voice of the customer through to the business and, and the absolute benefits of that. You're absolutely right. It's, it's obviously something that's always been ingrained as a marketer and has been rebadged and rebranded in many different ways. I think we are incredibly lucky in many ways as marketers now that it's never been so easy to access the voice of the customer. So I remember many years ago in big financial institutions having to undertake you know, fairly expensive research programs and, 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 you know, all sorts of things that we did to get a true understanding of, of the customer's experience. But now with developments in technology, but also a desire and a change in customer behavior to leave reviews and give feedback, it's never been easier to have that access, which, you know, is, is definitely a plus point. It does mean that there's very often nowhere to hide. N- n- not not that you'd necessarily want to, you need to know about these problems, but we all know that feeling when a bad review comes in, it's not, it's not a nice feeling. So I think being the person that can collate that insight and that feeling and all the wonderful tools that we now have in our armour around understanding sentiment and understanding meaning behind what a customer might say and might do across a whole plethora of different platforms has now changed the role of the voice of a customer to being able to knit that data together and derive insight and action and execution, but also to be able to communicate and get buy-in from everyone who's involved in the customer journey in terms of what needs to be done to move things forward to create that really positive experience. So I think the role as a voice of a customer has, has evolved over time and it's 
probably more analytical than it's than it's ever been as well because of the the data that's at our fingertips. But a huge part of it is is then influencing what you do with that insight to make real change rather than ticking boxes and sticking plasters over things, which I think is a trap that people can fall into. Yeah, I agree. And I think the thing is the customer has a voice anyway, because of all those platforms that you've just mentioned it's up to you as a business and and us as marketeers to choose to listen to that. I think the other thing it massively helps with, and it sort of leads on to my my next question is, it helps when you're making decisions around adding features, benefits, you know, product diversification, branding. It's really easy, particularly for founders. When you're a founder of a business, you're so close to your business, you've got a vision, but sometimes you've got to bring in what the customers are saying. And I think the role of a good marketeer and an advocate for your customers will perhaps sometimes challenge that. Marketing isn't about telling people what you want to tell them. It's about listening to what they want to hear. And you and I both will have had probably some uncomfortable conversations with founders and and chief execs and managing directors, et cetera, where we've had to say, if you listen to the customer sentiment, what they're actually interested in is X, Y, and Z, not necessarily A, B, and C. And you've had to kind of rethink your, your strategy and your launch. So final question from me is just around the role of a CMO. And you talked before around, and I'm laughing because we've all heard those comments, haven't we, around potentially a CMO is like a vanity, a vanity post. It's not needed yet. You know, the X, Y, and Z can do marketing. I think you've absolutely talked today about the true value of of marketing. And you can have kind of your marketing execs and your marketing team that are the executors, but to really sort of support that growth plan and make sure that you are, you know, having a seamless seed round or, you know, funding round, you really do need that, that voice, the customer, that advocate, that brand advocate and that, that CMO at board level. What's your kind of experience around and, and your kind of recommendations for businesses that are looking to grow fast, how they might build the, the marketing team out? What roles are negotiable? How can people kind of look at that? Yeah. And again, I think this comes back to being absolutely clear on what commercially you need to achieve. I've seen people fall into the trap of over-recruiting in the early stages. And I think that can be um, quite a dangerous position to, to get to. And I think it's being clear on exactly what skills are are needed to, to execute and deliver against the growth strategy. And there's lots of different options in terms of how you build that team. So you don't necessarily immediately need to recruit headcount and full-time FCA. You might need some positions on a part-time basis. You might need some positions on an interim basis so that you're not necessarily adding to that, that cost base on, a, on an ongoing permanent scenario. And there's consultants and there's freelancers that are you know absolutely top of their game and fantastic. It can make a huge difference. One thing I would always say is making sure that you work with people who are invested in the business as a consultant or a freelancer and making sure obviously that they have the right skills and experience, but they can make such a big difference in terms of that interim support that might be needed or part-time support that might be needed because you're not in a position where you need the full-time resource yet. And it's the same with agencies. I think some agencies are absolutely fantastic. There's some great agencies out there, but it's being really, really clear on what you need. You might not always have time to manage and brief a third party early stage businesses move very quickly and you need somebody who's who's in it to move with it sometimes so that's why I I think probably the the big piece there is about working with people who are invested in the business yeah yeah massive massively agree and I think you know like you say there are some brilliant agencies out there 
but particularly in that early stage or or even in the growth stage, you will pivot. We've seen that. I've seen so many businesses will pivot from B2B to B2C into different markets. What we don't want, what you don't want to do is invest a lot of time in a, a hefty marketing campaign or agency that isn't flexible enough to allow you to pivot. So it's not putting all your eggs in, in that basket. But like you say, you know, we both work for portfolio businesses and I feel as I think I feel as invested in those businesses as probably the founders do because we've been there since, you know, been there for a long time. We believe in the in the vision and ultimately you need people to go the extra mile. And I suppose that doesn't just apply to marketing, does it? It's around any business that, that's looking to grow. But hopefully today, I think what you've talked about, Amy, which is, is brilliant, is just kind of the commercial value of marketing for anybody out there who does think that it's a vanity metric or a, a vanity department to have, you know, please do get in contact with Amy or myself because we'd be happy to educate you a bit further. But in all seriousness, I think you've talked, we've talked very much around the commerciality, the different channels, the ways to approach it, the role the marketing plays, not just in the voice of the customer, but in, in the funding process. And thank you for sharing your experiences and, and huge information and, and valuable insights with us today. That was really useful. Thank you. No problem. Like I say, thanks for having me on. Thank you. So anybody that does want to find out a little bit more, Amy, about some of the things you've talked about today, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? I'm on LinkedIn, as everybody is. My business is called Redefine Marketing, so you can quite easily find me on there if you want to discuss anything with me in more detail. Brilliant. Thank you. So we'll pop the links in the description box below. So thank you everybody for listening. Hope you found it as useful as as we have. We've really enjoyed talking to you about marketing today and stay tuned. We will have another episode for you next week. Thanks, Amy. See you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Fast Growth Stories. Please remember to subscribe and review and visit the ehe.team website for the latest on fast growth and funding.